This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here. How are you doing? It seems to have been a full week. I'm not entirely sure what it's been filled with, but it's taken all week to do it. This coming weekend in the UK, we have a public holiday. The last one before schools go back after the long, hot, but sometimes wet, summer. It's feeling a bit autumnal, really, but... Now they seem to be offering the possibility of the hottest bank holiday since records began. More record-breaking weather. Hmm. This is not going to be a holiday for us, though. We have a farm open day, with up to 100 visitors possible. Given that, I thought we could look at the whole issue of farm visits and how to make them successful. You can learn from my mistakes. Eleven years ago, we started our alpaca journey with five pregnant females. I don't remember now quite why we decided to do the Alpaca Open Day that first Easter weekend, but we've been doing them ever since. We had some very supportive friends who came along, and the weather was on our side. There they were, in the corral, with their feed trough, and me, showing everyone what the rear end of an alpaca looks like, and the sound of them rattling through their feed in a plastic trough. No wonder one of the younger visitors uttered the cry of, Steve? Do they do any tricks? It wasn't the most simulating and action-packed event ever, but it was alpacas, up reasonably close and personal. You have to start somewhere, and that was where we began. Up at the house, we provided homemade cake and hot and cold drinks. It was lovely the way everyone left their shoes at the door to come inside. See the pictures in the show notes. Everyone did get their shoes back, eventually. A pair obviously looked very similar but we're a different size. How could you not notice your feet were swimming in your shoes? Everyone seemed pleased and we answered all their questions with gusto and a little knowledge. They seemed suitably impressed. Having not been a disaster, we thought it was worth trying again. We eventually got better at it. The weather wasn't always kind, of course. It's the one thing you can't control. And one August, Bank Holiday Monday, I got stuck in the stable, with the alpacas, talking continuously as the visitors braved the rain and came to see the alpacas and then go back up to the house for their cup of tea, hot cup of tea, and a piece of cake, while my throat got drier and drier and my voice got hoarser and hoarser as the next shift of visitors arrived. I was eventually released and survived to face another open day the next year. Last summer we had 240 people turn up and we realised we had become victims of our own success. This year we've adjusted things and they have become much more manageable again. I'll tell you more details in a bit. Let me run over some of the key things you need to bear in mind if you were thinking about opening up your farm or your small holding or your home to visitors to come and see your alpacas. First area really to think about is scale. What's your capacity? How many people can you cope with visiting at the same time? 
for parking, how many vehicles can you accommodate safely, and leaving at different times. You can get them all in, but can you get them in and out? You really need someone to help organise where the next car is going to park, and you probably need at least two at arrival and or opening time. How do you limit numbers? Well, in the early days, you welcome anyone that will turn up. Numbers and popularity grows, and then last year, as I say, we had 240 people. Someone almost drove into the lake because a car was leaving as another one arrived and they had to pull over, and yeah, you can imagine. So think about the flow in and out and have them different, if it's at all possible. In our case, it's not, but it's worth thinking about. Helpers, have enough. Think about whether you're going to have them as volunteers or whether you're going to pay them. Do they need to be skilled or just enthusiastic? Do brief them. Do train them if they need to be trained. And don't take them for granted by any means. They are vital to your success. And do have enough. Did I say that? Do have enough. Ticketed events helps limit the numbers. Uh, We use Eventbrite, which is online ordering, payments dealt with by them. You get a list of people and they deduct their fee and then they pay you after the event. How much will you charge, if anything? If you're going to do free tickets, then Eventbrite offers a free service. We found that we, through charging, are actually changing the numbers. We've reduced the down. We've got 50 tickets in the morning, 50 in the afternoon. And it just seems to have changed the nature of the the thing, but it has made it more manageable. And hopefully we can now give a better service, better experience to people when they come, because otherwise it's, here are some alpacas in a field. Not quite so interesting. And when I did the farm walks, we were finding that we were just getting so many people (laughs) joining the walk that by the time I got to the first place to start doing my little spiel, there were still people in the car park following. There's a whole trail coming from the car park to the first stopping place. And they hadn't actually finished leaving the car park. So, yeah, it got a bit too big, but too unmanageable and not a good experience. So we've found that even though the numbers are down, it's better for all of us. Second area, so first area is scale. Second area is policies and procedures. You need to think about how you're going to organize things. Health and safety is so important, but it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You identify the hazard, the thing that's likely to cause an injury to somebody or harm to somebody, and then the likelihood, the risk, how likely is it that that is going to happen? And then what do you need to do to reduce that risk? There you go, health and safety on the back of an envelope. No, it needs a bit more than that, but you get the idea. It's not too complicated. There's lots of advice online. Think about access to dangerous areas. <laughs> don't let it happen. So you need to, to be able to secure places that you don't want people to go. Have enough helpers. That's already mentioned that that will assist in that, keeping people away from the dangerous areas. Think about insurance. You do need insurance. If you're going to have people coming on your land, you're going to need public liability insurance. Talk to them and explain to them what it is you're planning to do. Take their advice. Follow the limitations they impose. Don't try and go a bit bigger or beyond what they've suggested in terms of numbers of frequency. If it varies, tell them. Keep them informed. Make sure that you've still got that cover in place there. Welfare. Welfare, first one was scale. Second one, policies and procedures. Third area, welfare. And I'm thinking here both people and animals. For people... Toilets, washing facilities, hand-washing facilities, access for people with disabilities. What if something does happen? Have you got an accident book, a first aid kit, and somebody who knows how to use it? 
Have you got contact numbers in a mobile phone and a charger? Do keep a charger handy. Have you got plans in case of fire? What do you do? Well, it's probably quite open, but just think about it. Where's the fire likely to be? How do you get people safe away from there? What about if there was a flood or what about loss of water supply? We actually we had a, a burst water main just down the road from us. Don't believe it. We're just about to have all these people arrive and there's no water. Can't flush the toilets, can't make coffee. What do you do? Well, okay, we had a bit of water in supply that we could use and we did that, but we also sent out to the local supermarket and bought a load of bottles of water. So that was a way of carrying things on. Pouring spring water down the toilets? Hmm. In an emergency, okay, but not ideal. Eventually it came back and we were able to continue, but it was a little bit concerning. We thought we might have to cancel and just turn everybody away, but we managed. But what about your plans if you have to cancel? Think about that as well. So then security. What about if you're really busy? Is the house secure? Are workshops locked up? Can tools be accessed or are they secure under lock and key? And then animal welfare. We've talked about people. What about animals? They need to have appropriate shelter, particularly if you're going to do it in good weather. Have they got shelter from the sun? Have they got access to clean water? Have they got the ability to be as stress-free as possible? If it's really stressful for your animals, probably need to think about whether you should be doing it anyway. Depends a bit on the animals. Ours, they really enjoy visitors. They get a bit fed up, they'll disappear in the middle of the field. They can get away from people. So keep the areas where the animals are as stress-free as possible. No dogs. I've had to make big letters at the front of advertising and that kind of stuff saying, please don't bring a dog. It just doesn't mix. Uh, you'd think common sense, but no, not always very common and not a lot of sense. And then the other area really is biosecurity. So there's a question of moving animals on and off. Well, you're not going to be doing that. You're just having people come to view yours. But there may be times when you're looking at a footpath. Where are people coming from? What about vehicles? Do you need to think about actually having uh, biosecurity measures in place? Next area, offerings. What are you going to do? What are you going to offer people? So products, maybe your own or others. And there's a future episode coming up shortly where I'm talking to someone who's sourced a lot of products that people can use for this kind of thing, for open days, for farm shops. And uh, so that might be a, an interesting link for people in the future. It could be raw fleece. It could be yarn. It could be socks, hats, gloves, scarves. Even in the warm weather, people will think about that, particularly thinking about blankets, duvets, wall hangings. Uh, what about the money? How are you going to take payment? Are you going to take just cash? Are you going to take checks? Or what about card payments? There's some details in the show notes about Square Up, which is who we use. Uh, Stripe's another one that you can do online payments with. Uh, SquareUp is useful because you can also do point of sale using your phone or your iPad linking to the card reader charges per transaction. We're thinking about just to get yourself sorted and prepared. Don't leave it till the last minute. What about a newsletter sign-up? Are you going to have people sign up? You can use an iPad, connect through to MailChimp if you use MailChimp for newsletters, for example. Or just a clipboard and a simple form. doesn't have to be complicated. Alpaca sales. Hmm. Do you know, one of the thoughts we had was that it would be great we'd be able to potentially make connection with people and sell some of our animals. Open days are not really the place to do that. Too many people, too much 
general discussion, too much general interest. But there will be some people who have come, they're asking different kinds of questions, and you pick up on that, have a way of capturing their name, their contact details, and arrange to be back in touch with them at another time so you can talk about what they're looking for, the kind of support they're going to need and, and that you can offer. Don't try and do it on the day, but but definitely make sure you can contact and and be back in touch with them. Refreshments. What kind of refreshments are you going to offer people? Is it going to be hot and cold drinks? What about ice cream? What about homemade cake? More elaborate food. Depends on the scale and whether you're able to do that and whether you can meet the food hygiene regulations that would apply. Are you going to charge for this or is it going to be included in the entry price if you have an entry price? Do you charge on top of that for tea, coffee and cake? How, how is that going to be handled? And don't forget the hand washing and toilet facilities that people are need. If they've been anywhere near animals where they could become contaminated, they need to be able to wash their hands before they go anywhere near food. You could also think about doing demonstrations, whether it's hand spinning or felt making or what about a farm walk? You're going to take people around, show them the alpacas, show them the farm, maybe offer to do a talk about alpacas or about spinning or about things you can do with the fleece. Or are you going to feed the animals with people around? That's a challenging one for large numbers, but there might be ways you can do that. And maybe you want to think about having a picnic area. So how are you going to tell people about this event that you're planning? Social media is a real good way of doing that, I've found. Uh, you're going to use paid adverts? We did, and it made a difference. And we've grown the numbers that we've got connections with. And we can tailor the adverts to geographical areas, to types of interests, etc., etc. So you narrow it down. It takes a bit of work, takes a bit of thinking, but it could be worth thinking about. You don't have to spend too much to do that. Have a budget, don't spend too much and then review it and see how successful it's been. In terms of people finding the site, do you need to put up local signs in the area? There's a few that I put out just to give people, as they're approaching, that the confidence that they're in the right place and they're going the right way, and when they need to turn, not miss the turning to turn towards you and come onto your particular farm. And then maybe you want to put up banners. Here you are, you have arrived. Or maybe a pop-up banner with information or contact details, that kind of thing. Next area to think about is contingencies. What about what about the weather? What if it's really hot? Ha, it could be. What if it's really wet? Hmm, very likely. So how are you going to cope with that? Are you going to be able to do that? Do you have to cancel if it's really wet, if it's completely out in the open? What about people's wellingtons and coats and things? Where are they going to go when they come indoors for tea, coffee, and nice sandwiches or cakes or whatever. Just think about the weather. How is that going to work? What about helpers? What if the helpers suddenly are not well or you haven't got enough or as many as you thought, they just didn't turn up? How are you going to cope with that? Other people that you can call on in short notice. What about water supply? As I've already said, we, we suddenly lost ours. How would you cope? And then communications. There may be difficulties with having signal in, in the whole area of your farm. So just thinking about what do you do, how do you how do you have those things in those eventualities? Another area is that of information. What do you give people in advance? What if you're selling tickets, you can give them information. Do you give them a reminder before they're coming? What about a mention about 
the weather that's happening and being able to do things that are up to date and then have things available on site things that say park here don't go there no dogs etc uh, we've got a simple set of rules just helps with in our situation to be able to say okay you can go anywhere just don't open a gate don't climb a fence everywhere else you can have access to that works for us but that's our particular situation think about it for you around the site you might have information notices remember again that issue of have you got enough helpers and that can make life so much easier and so much more straightforward few areas to think about. One of the fantastic resources I've come across is Open Farm Sunday. It's in June. There are details on the on the website, on the show notes. But it's it, the resources that they have available, there's an information pack which tells you about a whole variety of things, goes into a lot more detail of the kind of things I've touched on here, and gives some very practical suggestions and things to, to bear in mind. So that's worth checking out, definitely. If you're thinking of doing an event, even if it's not going to be an Open Farm Sunday event, have a look at their information, see what's got to be included, see what's helpful to know about and think through. Some of it's not going to apply, but a lot of it will and should make life a lot easier for you. It's a great opportunity, but it does take time. It does take planning. It does take help. I think I've laboured that point enough, sorry. And then do review it afterwards. What worked? What could have been better? How could you have achieved more from it? What's your purpose in doing the whole thing anyway? Do a checklist. Uh, things to do in advance. Things to do on the day. Keep it simple. That's such an important thing. Keep it simple. Prepare and then learn as you go. Be flexible. <laughs> you're going to have to be. Know what you're doing. Know enough before you jump in. And do recognise it's going to be exhausting. And at the end, you're going to have a well-earned rest. Ah. Oh. The alpacas Did need you close moving. that gate? Did you open have they that been gate? fed? What about the water? What about the signs? Have we taken the signs down? Somebody needs to go and collect the signs. And then there's... Oh, and... And... If you do go ahead, I wish you all the best. Check out the show notes for details and resources that might be of use to you. Let me know if you've got any great tips and things that you've learned from doing farm open days. As always, if you have any questions or comments, do drop me a line or use the leave a voice message. The link's on the website. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a good day.